Welcome to Right Now Workshop Podcast, where you can write a book and change the world. I'm your host, Kitty Buholtz, and this is episode 206, Hitting the Wall and Bouncing Back, an interview with Quentin Litchfield, coming to you on Thursday, July 30th, 2020. How is your July going? I hope it's going wonderful. Mine has been very, very busy, but I finally get to go on vacation starting at 6 p.m. on Friday. Woohoo! <laughs> uh, my husband's already been on vacation for uh, almost two weeks, so I am very much very eager to just sit and relax and do nothing. And guess what we're doing for our doing nothing? We are watching all of the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies back-to-back in chronological order rather than movie release order. This is the first time we've done it this way. And it's really interesting, even though you're seeing movies that, like maybe this one came out in 2006, and then you follow it by watching a movie that came out in 2004 or something. I don't know. I haven't looked at the dates. But it's really interesting because you're like, oh, there's the thing that ties with that. And because you're watching it right next to each other, like it's so much more obvious than it was even when you're in the theater and you were like, oh, yeah, I remember that has to do with that other movie from two movies ago or whatever. So it's super duper fun. We have 23 movies that we have to watch in, what is it, 21 days. So Next week when I'm on vacation, we're going to have a lot of double feature days, have some margaritas out on the porch and just like having a great vacation. I can't wait. I hope you are doing lots of fun things. Um, I hope you're also doing some writing things. So for instance, we just had our Writing with Hollywood in Mind one day conference on Saturday with Jennifer Dornbush. She and I hosted it and we had another special guest, Julie Gwynn from the Seymour Agency. She's an agent there. Had a great time. Uh, everybody got to pitch to the agent. And um, we, of course, Jennifer and I, we love to teach. So we had a great time sharing our knowledge. And we have decided that we are going to probably put on the Writing with Hollywood in Mind conference two to four times a year. So yay, sometime in the next few months, we'll do it again. Plus, I have a lot of other one-day conferences that I'm going to be doing. Uh, I'll be the host and bring in a lot of special guests, and we'll be talking about um, one whole day on one topic. So it could be marketing your book, or it could be writing in a certain genre, like this whole day will be on historical fiction, and that whole day will be on science fiction fantasy, and that whole day will be on romance, stuff like that. Um I can guarantee we'll have at least one whole day on self-publishing because that's one of the things that I love to teach. And uh, yeah, if you have any particular topics in mind that you're like, ooh, ooh, do a whole day on this, just email me at kitty at kittybuholtz.com. You can find the correct spelling of my name right there in the podcast. And um, yeah, tell me what you want to hear, what you want to learn. If there's any particular speakers that you want to hear from, if I can get them, I will. Uh, I'm super excited. I love doing this kind of thing. And since right now we can't do it in person, then we're just going to have to do it online, which is great because now people from all over the world can come. It might be an inconvenient time, <laughs> but you don't have to fly anywhere or get a hotel. So that'll be great. So start looking for um, more conferences from me. I will uh, eventually, um, once I actually have some that have a date, I will put all the information on rightnowworkshop.com. Is that the name of my website? Yes, it is. <laughs> Rightnowworkshop.com. I'm a little distracted by the smell of hamburgers because, yay, it's summer hamburgers and I'm about ready to have lunch. So <laughs> always distracted by food. That's me. Anyway, um, also, if you are 
struggling trying to finish a book that you've been trying to finish for a while, or you have a deadline in mind where you have a business that you want to write a book that kind of goes with this business and you want to use the book to help promote the business. And maybe you have a deadline in mind because of that. Um, If there is something that you have been trying to finish and you just haven't been able to do it yourself, consider reaching out to me and we'll have a little talk and see whether or not you should be joining Finish Your Book Intensive Coaching Program with me. Um, I am doing the first of the program right now with uh, three people who one person is starting a new book and just wants to make sure that he like for sure gets it done in a certain amount of time. One person is finishing a book that she's been trying to finish for several years. And one person is working on a book that she's been kind of tinkering with on and off for a few years. And she's just like, you know what, I'm going to take this extra time off that I have right now and I'm finishing this book. So we're all in three different places. Um, we have fiction and nonfiction. It's been super fun. And of course, I'm super excited because I'm helping people actually finish their book. And I know how awesome it feels, whether it's the first book or the ninth. Ah, just knowing, look, I did it. (laughs) It feels so good. So if you're struggling with that, reach out to me, see whether or not um, this program is for you. I'll continue to put more information on rightnowworkshop.com forward slash writing coach. So you can go there and um, make an appointment with me and we'll talk. We'll see whether or not I can help you. I would love to do that. And again, you can always email me to kitty at kittybuholtz.com. Keeping in mind that for the next week, I will not be answering email because I'm going to be on a real and true vacation. So um, what would that make it? Well, the second week of August, whatever day that is, it's somewhere around the 10th. That's when I'll be back to work. So um, also on Sunday, we are going to have a lovely Encouraging Words episode that I think is going to be really encouraging to you and helping you again, like just um, start making more use of the time that you do have for writing, whether it's more time or less time. Now is the time (laughs) to write and get your book done and get it out there and move other people with your words, whether it's giving them some lovely escapist fiction or teaching them something. I absolutely do believe it's not just a tagline that you can write a book that changes somebody's world, maybe the entire world. The entire world probably could use some good change. So, So don't let anything stop you. If you have something to say, you need to get it done. And I want to encourage you to do that. So look for Sunday's Encouraging Words episode. Meantime, hopefully you are having a little bit of vacation. If it's summer, you probably are having at least a little bit. If it's winter where you are, hopefully you're at least enjoying your nights and weekends or whatever time that you have off. Find some time where you're like, this is my writing time and schedule it in, even if it's just half an hour. Remember what I keep telling you about writing sprints, half an hour here and here and here, and suddenly you've got 1,500 words done. So you can do it. All right. In the meantime, we have a great episode with Quentin Litchfield, who has unfortunately suffered from burnout more than once. And so I've been wanting to have him on the show for probably a year and a half now, so that he can talk about his experience. And maybe hopefully there'll be something in what he's done and how he, you know, bounces back again. And hopefully you can learn from how he ended up going through it, you know, more than once that you can be like, okay, these are warning signs and I need to make sure that I don't fall into this 
um, once or more than once. Anyway, really hoping that our conversation will help you to um, pick up some tools, some ideas, um, maybe for you, maybe for someone that you know who might be struggling with burnout right now. Um, it's possible that uh, now is a good time to be thinking about uh, how our life and our lifestyle and the world around us is affecting our mental health and what we can do to try to be healthier in that way. That's what I really, really want when I put up these episodes that have anything to do with burnout. So I really want to help all of us to have better mental health and to keep it and to know how to keep it safe and protected and strong. So that's what I'm hoping. So here's the interview with Quentin. I hope you have a great week. Today's guest is Quentin Litchfield. Quentin was born and raised in Sydney, Australia, where he earned a degree in theology. His passion is Christian ministry, and he's been involved in various forms since he was 21, in Australia, in the United States, and now in Sweden. He and Suzanne, his wife of 28 years, founded C3 Church in Melma, Sweden, 12 years ago, along with their four now-grown children. Currently, Quentin and Suzanne are starting a charity in Melma called City Hearts, dealing with human trafficking. Welcome, Quentin. Thank you, Kitty. So good to be on your show. I've been looking forward to this. Yeah, we've been talking about this, I think, maybe for close to a year, haven't we? It's been a little while, yeah. I mean, it's always been stewing in my mind. I've been looking forward to it. Yeah. Ah, oh, yay. And here's the thing. The topic that we're kind of talking about today is burnout, hitting the wall, being overexhausted. Yeah. And part of the reason it's taken us, though we live probably less than five or definitely less than 10 miles. I don't even know what miles are here in Sweden. <laughs> we don't live that far apart, but it's been hard to get together no. partially because you and I have both had two jobs for quite a bit of the time we've known each other. Yeah, that's true. Absolutely. Busy, busy, busy. Yeah. Which is kind of part of what can lead to the problem, right? That's right. <laughs> so yeah. let's just talk about your journey. You've been very busy doing things that are from the heart, from the passion that you have. Um, you also, and we'll, we can talk about this later if you want or not if you don't want to, um, you've also been working on a book lately. And so there's a lot of similarities between um, writers who are working out of their passion, but often having to do something else to make ends meet or make a living in general, or maybe you also yeah. like your job, also a possibility. Some people are happy to have their job and write. But um, one of the things that's kind of a, a problem is when you're going, 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 and there just seems to be no end in sight. Can you kind of tell us, like, what's your journey? How did you first realize the first time that you, you had really used up all of your energy? Yeah, um... Look, you know, as it is in, with a lot of people, uh, whether you're getting married or starting a business, you can read all the books you like, attend the conference, go to the seminar, watch the YouTube clips, but you really don't know much about it until you're in the game. Uh, and that's where you start learning. And we always tend to learn from our mistakes more than otherwise. And uh, looking back... I would say probably the first indicator would be more of my energy level and uh, emotional state. Um, I, I probably have inherited a bit of a, a stubbornness or pig-headedness or determination, if you want to use a more pleasant <laughs> word, um, 
my close friends call me a bulldog. You know, once I latch on, I won't let go. Um, and that's, that's, you know, that's easy to praise that kind of characteristic, but it's also, if it's not um, walked out correctly, it can be quite detrimental, not just to yourself, to your marriage, to your family, to all kinds of relationships. So probably the first indicators for me were, would be recognizing the reflection I'm getting back off my family, off my wife. Um, when you're so focused on something that you've been worked so many years towards and now you're suddenly doing it, uh, there's a lot of pressure. You know, you've committed everything to the success of this venture. Uh, it's not something you can just pack up and walk away from, you know, if you just suddenly have a bad day. And so there's a lot of expectation on yourself. There's a lot of expectation on all the friends you've been talking endlessly about for years that you're going to do this um, to your own personal leadership as well that, that are above you, not to mention your own spouse who you uh, convinced to jump in to this huge task. Uh, and so for me, it was, it was definitely looking at, the reflection that I'm getting back from my kids and my wife that I'm tired a lot, uh, fairly short fused, you know, snappy and attitude issues. Um, that, that would probably be the first indicator. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Those sort of things. I definitely, um, did not realize what was happening. Uh, but eventually I started realizing I'm not really an angry kind of person, but I'm angry all the time. I might not always be showing, but on the inside, I, I was just always angry and finally realized I'm also really snappy. Yeah, <laughs> and um, yeah. So snappy, yeah. if anybody is, is not sure, <laughs> maybe am, am I, should I be worried about burnout? I mean, that might be some first signs to, to look for in anyone's life. Well, it's a very, I mean, we, we have an, a, uh, an energy tank or, um, and uh, my goodness, if we're neglecting what fills that energy tank up, we're running on empty and we can't, we just can't cope. Um, we don't have the grace to show to the people who are the most, um, never mind ourselves. And so, yeah, I, I agree. I think they're pretty simple, clear indicators, but we can be very blind to them. Uh, and the ones closest to us sometimes need to just kind of grab us and sit us down and go, hey, I, I, I need you to understand I see some stuff that worries me. Um, so, yeah. That's a good point. I hadn't really thought about it. It's a way that we can be um, loving and accountable uh, in both directions to close friends or family. If we notice this in somebody else, like maybe we should say something in a loving way. Well, that's right. That's right. Um, Having gone through burnout here in the world, whichever term you want to use, uh, twice, and now I'm in leadership with a pretty significant number of people under me, and I'm constantly monitoring their energy levels because they're all working full-time. They've got careers. They've got young families. They've got all kinds of pressures, buying houses, all sorts of things going on. Um, and I, I've made a commitment to myself that I'll never allow intentionally allow someone to go through what I've gone through that's under my care and so you know there's been a person I've been meeting with before the virus came in to play into our lives um, about sharing my concern with them and they're a high achieving person 
you know, one of the best people I know. Um, but I, I had to find the, what's the word? It takes courage to, to say to your friend, hey, I'm seeing stuff that worries me. Yeah. I just want you to know that because I, I care enough and I just see so much in you and your life and your family. And I just don't want you to, yeah, derail it. Um, yeah. So. so we were talking about some of the ways that you and I have um, experienced this or things that we know how other people are experiencing it. It seems to often happen when you're juggling multiple things and, um, and you're not at a place yet where everything is, well, I don't know. Are, are things ever smooth? Yeah, I've had times in my life where things are smooth. <laughs> um, but um, whether it's two jobs, which you had two jobs for the entire 12 years that you were starting a church, you still had to have an outside job to, to pay for the food and the rent, yeah. right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, juggling a lot of things. I had four kids under 11. Uh, we were in a foreign country, foreign language. Um, even though Sweden's a Western country, it's still cult culturally quite different than Australia and, and the US. Um, uh, if I was to put what we did in a business sense, we brought, came to a new market, a market that quite literally is not interested in our product yeah. um, and gone, hey, let's start a business here and see if we can make it flourish in a context they are just not interested in. Um, Sweden, in some of the stats I've researched, uh, is the second most secular country on the planet after China. Wow. Um, and one of the most relationally detached cultures also. And uh, here we are trying to establish a church uh, in, a, in a quite an anti-church culture, anti-Christian culture. And so there's, there's quite some big challenges for us. I, I could have picked an easier place to go to to start a church. Um, but that would have just been a different set of challenges. So that, that's fine. Um, but yeah, juggling a lot. Uh, there's definitely regrets in, in those earlier years. And I look back um, that, I, that I would definitely do differently in regards to my family. Um, uh, but it was, it was the juggle of the two jobs because it wasn't like I, I had my day job and then I had my weekend job. No, my weekend job was on 24 seven, you know, while I did my day job. Uh, and so I worked in construction and so I'd be working on roofs, sending emails on my phone, taking phone calls regarding my second job, which is starting a church. So I'm doing pastoral care. I'm doing all this sort of stuff while I'm doing my other job. Um, and, uh, so yeah, um, a lot going on. Yeah. A lot of balls, a lot of balls in the air. And plus, I mean, now your children are grown and, uh, well, I was going to say all but one have moved away, but now with COVID, I, I guess you have two at home now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They've migrated home and started yeah. online. Yeah. But, um, that's also, I mean, you're, because all of us can relate to this. It's just a matter of which roles you're a husband, a father, um, a church leader, an employee, um, uh, you know, plus all the other things that um, people over you, uh, people who were kind of like helping you from, I don't know what the right words are, but you had another church that was helping kind of sponsor yeah. getting you going. And Yeah, no, we, uh, we came from a church in Sydney, a wonderful, healthy church in Sydney. Um, they, uh, that, that's where I really was trained and equipped for this task. 
fantastic church. Uh, but also I have uh, leadership in Europe uh, that I work under as well. And they've been a tremendous support, uh, not just relationally, but financially and other ways as well uh, throughout this process. Now, but they can only do so much. <laughs> they can only do so much. Um, and, and it's not fair to expect your leadership to fill all your gaps to take responsibility at a level that really you need to be personally taking responsibility for. Um, but yeah, so. There are a lot of parallels between some of the things that you've gone through and some of the things that I've gone through as a self-published writer. I'm in charge of everything. There is no one else. You know, I, I get some mentorship on and off from various people. I don't have a specific right. mentor. Um, for the most part, every decision is my decision. Every time that I succeed, it's me, but every time I fail, it's me. And right, what is it right. about failures that you feel like those are the things that you notice more, so you think you must be doing it more? <laughs> right, right, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And then also, like you said, figuring out, so um, I, I wanna talk about burnout, but also since it's a writing podcast, also in the context yeah. of four writers. So, um, so you're, you're juggling, um, you know, family and different expectations from different people in your life, um, your own expectations, which um, generally high achieving people have very high expectations for themselves. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it, I find just around that it's a constant juggle because I'm actually, in my mind, um, I'm a pretty relaxed person. Um, in, in my worldview, <laughs> I don't know if what other people see me as, um, and I probably could pick 10 books I want to write today. Um, and having come through another pretty significant transition this last six months or so into um, a much better context with more time uh, to spend with my wife, more time to run the church. Uh, more full-time in that sense, uh, getting out of construction. And I'm so looking forward to taking advantage of your help um, and get some books written. Uh, and so I'm really quite excited about that. But it is, it's, it's, it takes discipline. It just is a tremendous challenge when you have a lot of aspirations and dreams that you want to achieve and you see yourself hitting that, 50s mark and there's a peak in your life around 50, 60 and you go, look, I've got to get this going. Um, and uh, I, I just think the more you network and build meaningful relationships, not, not relationships where you just use people, but meaningful relationships where you just love to be with a person and get energy from them and ideas and where they bring energy into your life. Um, I think that's, that's, that's the best part when it comes to achieving things you're not doing it alone um but you do it with people that you love and they just love what you're doing and want to be a part of it so now we haven't really talked about this part what you just said um you know outside of this moment so i'm just coming up with this question right now but would you say because as you spoke i thought you know what the times that i was able to really um focus on and develop me meaningful relationships with people who, and that's the key part, I give them energy and they give me energy, which is not every relationship. Um, and you can't really expect it out of every relationship, I think. No, but no, you can't. Yeah. In the moments though that I'm in that place, I think that I 
have the least amount of um, worrying symptoms or, or even worries that like right now I, I feel like I'm probably like, I'm always a little nervous. Like, am I going to do something that's going to lead back into burnout? And I get really, really nervous if I get too busy. Um, but mostly I would say that I feel um, really healed and, and not having any symptoms of burnout and moderately, <laughs> moderately confident that I can keep it that way. But the times that I've had some or a couple of great relationships where the energy was flowing both ways. I think those are the times that I probably had the healthiest mental attitude yeah. in general. Would you say? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, the more experience I get at all of this, you know, isn't it funny? It's, it, there's another book. Um, you know, more I realize it's the, the people in your life. And, and again, you're not in these relationships just to receive it's a mutual thing of enjoyment and it's in that context of enjoyment that you get that that uh, inspiration you get the ideas you, you get the energy you get the the motivation to to get going with that book or that chapter that you need to do so yeah and I would say that um, I had this amazing interview uh, that by the time your interview comes out, it, it will have been a few weeks ago, with a woman named Sue Reynolds, who at the age of 60 just decided enough was enough. And she went from 335 pounds and couldn't walk to her own mailbox to losing 200 pounds and becoming a world-class triathlete in her 60s. I don't know how to process that. Yes. <laughs> incredible. Yes, it is so incredible. Wow. <laughs> and honestly, talking to her, yeah, I, I was just kind of overwhelmed with, oh my gosh, I really need to stop fearing that it's too late for something or I can't change this anymore. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I mean, I, I get inspiration from my father as well. Um, he had a, a whole marriage breakdown and midlife crisis and a whole bunch of stuff going on in his late forties and early fifties. And, uh, he had went back and studied and got a, a second psychology. His first one was in medicine, um, and had a whole new career path and got married uh, a second time. And he was more productive in the second half of his life. Then when I say productive, meaningful production, not just making money or something like that, but actually um, doing something that's worth doing. And uh, he, he worked up until he was like uh, 77, 78, and he died when he was 83. Wow. Um, and so that, that's where I draw inspiration from. I mean, the thought of retiring and playing golf every day does not appeal to me, but playing twice a week does. But, you <laughs> yeah. know, um, just to live for yourself in your retirement, I, I go, no, like I, I've invested too much in my lifetime not to give it away. Um, and so I agree. I, 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 I really fight those thoughts. And so if I feel like I, I'm in a stage where I want to do this, I want to, like, I want to get into more creative aspects. Writing is one of them. I want to get into art and photography and I'm, I'm dabbling around there. And I just keep telling myself, time's coming but be intentional. It's like you're telling yourself to wait, but still be intentional a little bit. Keep your interest, save those articles, read that thing, watch that thing, keep that interest going, but recognize there will be a window of time coming. That's how I speak to myself, where I don't get stressed out by all the things I want to jump into. And uh, I know that I will find time 
yeah. in, the, in the coming time. I think that I do that a little bit with my writing in as much as I'm like, okay, I've got to finish this series because from a marketing standpoint and, you know, just knowing what my customers want, I need to finish this series and I need to finish that series when I'm done with that one. And okay, I've, I've started that one, which means I really probably should finish these three series before I get on to something else. But in the meantime, I'm making notes on this fourth thing. You know? That's right. Exactly. That's, that's exactly right. I mean, my, my office space is a constant mess of what I'm working on right now things I should be working over there and things I want to be working on over there, you know, thank you for saying that it makes me feel so much better. <laughs> right? See, and that's exactly it. The reason why I do this podcast is because I want people to feel like, Oh, I'm not the only one who does this or feels this. I think you can feel like you, you can feel like you're just not organized, but that's just, it's actually not true. It's your personality. That's the way you work, you know, all these things going at once and, and trying to get something to land properly. Um, yeah. But yeah. And you know, you said something earlier too, that, um, that perhaps some of the time when you were, you know, moving into this position of hitting the wall and then, you know, being in that place for a little while, um, internal expectations as well as external expectations were at play. Can you, can you give any thoughts about like how you could, try to control what you were asking and expecting of yourself to give yourself a little bit more space? Um, for me, yeah, it, it took time to figure that out. Uh, and, and that was largely around working out what was essential and what's not essential but important and, and going, okay, um, I'm just going to do what's, you know, super important and the rest is just going to have to fall to the ground. Uh, and that's a tough decision because right there, other people are watching and they got their expectations and you're just not paying any attention to it. Um, and, and so that's, that's, that's pretty tough. And I, I think, if you're in any kind of leadership position, this is something you process. What can I actually do? And obviously that what you can do, what you need to do is the really, really important things. And you've got to work out what they are um, and delegate or, or just don't do the other things. And, and your followers just have to accept that. Um, and if they were in a senior leadership position, be in the same process as well. So for me, it was figuring that out. Um, and, you know, I've had a number of coffees in the early years with people that try to fix that. <laughs> and I just said, I'm sorry, but I'll be just doing this, this, and this. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, that, that's it. And yeah. I'm sorry, I, I wish I could do those other things. And then I'd explain to them what my life looks like at that stage. And they're kind of like, oh, okay. Um, but yeah, the internal expectations, I think are a constant battle. I don't think you suddenly don't have any yeah. As, as, as you mentioned earlier about all these different things that you're working on. Um, but I think you get better at managing them and, and, dealing, and dealing with what's reality and what's just silly. Um, uh, I, I think if you're married, your spouse can help you in those areas. <laughs> um, external pressures, uh, again, uh, you just got to be polite and say, I'm sorry, I won't be getting to that. Uh, I won't be able to come to that. Um, and uh, yeah, 
not be rude, but just be polite and calm, assertive. And yeah, and it, it's, it's to indicate also that it's for a season, it's for a time. Right. One of the things I one of the things I uh, I remember hearing this quote from a pastor that has built a very successful church in Australia, and uh, awesome pastor and leader I really respect very much. And he actually burnt out in the first year of starting that church. Wow. And he had a massively successful launch, which was part of the problem <laughs> as well. Um, we all want to have a massively successful whatever, but when it happens very quickly, uh, it can be very demanding. And um, he actually woke up one day and couldn't move. Physically frozen, could not move. Couldn't walk, couldn't go to the bathroom, couldn't do a thing. And it took him six months to be active again. In that time, his church continued to grow while he was an invalid. Um, and he said once, he said, no one's ever going to thank you for burning out. And so it's like a bit of a plaque you need to put in your memory space there or on your wall. And that's a bit of a reality check. When you feel like you're, you're starting to push the limits because of other people's expectations or your ego or the, you want the praise of men or whatever, the situation, the motivation behind it. When you burn out, no one's going to be standing at the door and go, hey, well done, you know, good job. Uh, they, they're actually going to be awkward and back off <laughs> uh, and most likely leave you alone because maybe you're not producing anymore. Maybe you're in bed. Maybe you're in hospital. Who knows? But yeah. people aren't going to be laying, lining up, cheering you for burning out. You, it's just not how it works. And yeah. that, that, that's actually a bit of a reality check that it's good to remember, I think. Yeah. Um, it was really hard, but when I, when I re it took forever for me to realize what was happening. Um, but when I did, I was like, okay, I, I don't want to live like this. It's a horrible way. You feel oh, terrible. Terrible. Yeah. Terrible. <laughs> so, so I just told myself and thankfully my spouse, John was very supportive and he also, well, cause he could see, he could see things building up even really before I did. Um, yeah, yeah it happens. Yeah. <laughs> it's usually the way it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he would, he would go to work in the morning, kiss me goodbye and say, what are you doing today? And I would at first start to be like, oh, oh, that's so much to do. And then I would remember that we already had this conversation yesterday and the day before. And I'm like, I'm going to lay on the couch and read a book and watch Netflix. And he's like, that, that's my girl. And I'm like, oh, this is so hard. But when I finally started finding ways that was that were really making me feel like I was moving forward, I was making progress, I was becoming healthier. Um, I just had to tell myself, this is not the year, like for this whole next year, this is not the year that I'm going to write the next book. And whenever I would, you know, get a, a kind nudge, they're always kind for, for me, my readers are awesome. Um, from a reader, you know, when is the next book coming out, I, I would just have to say, you know, I'm sorry, I, I have to do some emotional mental healing first. Well, this so is the I expectations thing, you know, it's tough. Uh, it's these boundaries that we have to have in place uh, if we're going to be to, to stay in that happy place or that productive place, whichever way you want to look at it. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think having a spouse in your life is very helpful. Um, all credit to my wife. Uh, she has endured a lot. <laughs> um, and I'm very, very happy that we're in a, a season right now where we're spending more time together and 
enjoying each other and just being a part of that. And uh, I think I think spouses are incredible when it comes to coping with burnout. Um, hopefully, yeah. wherever you are listening or watching this, you have a supportive spouse. So yeah. Yeah, I really hope so. And and you know what, that's a great segue into one of the other things I wanted to mention is that there may well be um, single people or single parents listening who feel like, I don't really know who I have, especially I know my right. mom is a single parent. Um, right. She had a couple people in her life, but not enough, I think, for the massive amount of strain that was put on her. Yeah. Yeah. No. So... What are some things, I, I have a friend who, um, who went through burnout to such a terrible degree um, because she was the only person, you know, paying for the, the food and, and the rent. Yeah. And, and she had this little girl, which of course was, you know, her number one objective in life was to take care of her daughter. And she burned herself out so bad that she actually destroyed the adrenal gland in her body. Wow. Yeah. I didn't even know that was a thing that could happen. No, but no. Yeah. So I'm thinking, okay, for people who are out there, this is so hard. And the reason I bring it up is because I've recently hired a business coach and I have told my business coach, because I am all knowing about myself, these are the things that are the musts and these are the things that I want and right, these are the extra right. things. And right. he's, he smiled at me and said, okay, great, great. We'll keep that in mind. I would suggest to you, Kitty, that your must list is a little too big. Like he was so generous <laughs> in the way that he speaks. <laughs> so I would imagine, um, like, I don't know how much counseling that you do for, uh, for people like as a pastor, but um, is there anything that you can offer to somebody who maybe is a single person responsible for either themselves or a family who may be working two jobs and have no way out of doing that? Um, is there anything that you can suggest that can help them to see, okay, this feels like a must, but honestly, if I let it go, I'll have more room and I'll feel a little bit better. And it's just for a season. Look, again, I can only speak from my experience and uh, to me, support structure is everything. Uh, and I recognize that some people maybe don't have a huge network of support. Um, I know when Susan and I were raising our kids, uh, we as a couple chose that Susan would stay home and we raised our kids on a very small salary um, and did not get much support from parents at all. And it was tough. It was really tough. Uh, it's tough on our relationship. You know, when you're doing it tough, it's tough on everything. It's not like, oh, I'm going really badly, but our marriage is great. It doesn't work that way. It affects everything. And um, I, I, as far as advice would go, it's, it's just coming back to those essentials, like your business advisor, you know, what's a must list, what's, what, what is absolutely essential, uh, and what can I get rid of? And hopefully uh, this particular personal people have someone they can talk to and work that out. Because one of the problems is we get into this rut of thinking and a rut of pattern-driven behaviour. Uh, it can be part of the family culture that we've come from or the culture that we live in nationally. Um, and we get blind to all these things that we think are concrete, but they're actually variables. They, they can, we can take them out of our life or out of our routine or out of our thinking and reshape who we are in the way we're living. 
Um, and sometimes we need outside help to do that. And uh, whether that's a friend or a, a relative, it's, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know that there's any straightforward answer. Yeah. You know, you remind me of something, though. Um, I have read, I don't even know how many blog posts, articles, books, um, gone to literally, I, it's got to have been at least 100 webinars by now <laughs> since I started my business, um, where other business people, sometimes they were in online marketing, and I'm like, oh, that's good. I, I can learn from them because I market my product online. Um, or they would be uh, in the writing industry or you know, I was just trying to learn from anyone I could. And there are so many times when um, you are learning something uh, for a time from, from somebody who has a totally different life from you and a totally different perspective on life from you. You don't realize that just maybe, even though they seem to be rich and successful or whatever is the thing that, that made you decide that they were um, worth following their advice for a little while, maybe their advice is just not applicable at all to you. And I say this in the um, context of, um, I don't know how many times that I have heard somebody tell writers, if you're not writing, you're not a writer. So just, you need to be writing every day. And yet there are times in life when that's just not the healthiest way to use your time, either mentally healthy or you just have a lot going on. And, and I say that in the context of somebody who literally has no white space left in their life. Maybe now is not the time you need to be worried about writing if you have time to exercise or while you're grocery shopping to listen to a podcast that like inspires you and keeps you interested in your ideas and you have a notebook that you can write down your ideas, that may be all that you need to do and really all maybe that you should be doing right now in this particular time of your life. So be careful of people who seem to be the right kind of people to listen to their advice if they're giving you advice that is actually just not going to work for you now. Oh, look, I totally agree with you, Kitty. Um, I've been carrying books inside of me for years and it was not the right time to write a book. And if someone said to me, oh, you're not writing, therefore you're not a writer, I could very well just go, oh, forget it then. You know, uh, I was mistaken. But what I have been doing on my phone, I create a, a folder in my notes app around book ideas, you know, themes, topics, you know, and I have articles saved, uh, podcast, all these resources that you mentioned, uh, and also all my ideas, whether it's a chapter or a book title, I don't know, but I've just dumped everything into this folder for the last five. Now, I haven't got to going through that folder yet, but I know all those thoughts are safe because trying to hang on to ideas is very stressful. When you try to keep that thought in your head, when you're tired because you're doing two jobs or whatever it is you're doing, you're trying to look after little children, whatever your context, and you're a creative person, but your context doesn't allow you to be creative in the way that you want to be, just dump it into a, a folder or a notebook or a journal, as you suggested, and then you're actually free from that stress of carrying it. Actually give space for them um, and let that just be saved till the time, like you say, the season comes where you can actually work with it. And so, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Absolutely. You know, and that's a, a great segue into the, the writing life. So, so you have um, a, a way that you've saved up all of your ideas. And I, I hear you 
sounding like you've been able to give yourself some grace about that I'll, I'll do what writing I can when I can, but right now I just have to collect all my ideas and wait for the time to open up a little bit. Is that, is that kind of how you've been handling it? Absolutely. Showing yourself grace is really important. And I would say that's, that's one of the key things I've learned, uh, which helps not burning out as well, because now you're choosing what to put off and what to focus on right now, because every stage of life requires something different from you. So right now, my kids, are, my, I've got one left that's almost an adult, um, and they're off at university. And I thought, oh, they're gone. Well, they keep coming back. But anyway, they, they're off, and Susan and I have, more time and uh we're in a different aging stage and i can't wait to start pursuing this creative side of writing and um and so for me i find i heard this i heard this quote once well, how did it go um we think our idea we allow our idea to be like this huge elephant in our creative process that it's the one idea, that one book, that one title, that one chapter, that one thread, whatever it is, and we hang everything on that. And when I heard him describe this creative process that sometimes we hang on to, he said, actually, creative creativity is more not like one big elephant that we need to conquer or, or get out of us. Uh, he said, you're more like a turtle um, laying eggs on a beach and allowing all your ideas to break free and dig up the sand and run into the ocean, some of them will make it and some of them won't. He said, that's what creativity is. And if you get past that one idea, dump it into a folder, dump it into a journal and allow more little turtles to come out of you, some of them will fly, some of them won't. But it, there's a, I've discovered that it's a process. It, there's, a, there's a flow of creativity. It's not one thing. And so I'd encourage people to think beyond that book. Uh, maybe there's more there. Uh, and if it is a completely different idea, start letting that flow. Just dump it into a journal. Jump it into a folder on your phone and just see what happens. There may be something there that will eventuate. I love that. Yeah, I, I thought, wow, that's it. That's it. It's not the one big thing. Uh, it's let's just allow lots of little turtles to be laid in the sand and see what survives survives to the ocean. Yeah, oh, that's so. awesome. All right. Well, I wanted to um, be careful of your time. You know, you may not have the the original two jobs, but you still have a lot of things going on in your life right now. So I didn't want to take up too much of your time. But I do have one more question. That um, although you and I look at it as um, more of a spiritual practice, um, it's still, uh, I, I'm not sure if it's um, psychologists or, or um, doctors of, of body science, or I know that, that uh, people have found and scientists have told us that taking a rest is really, really good for us. So not only the sleep that we get at night um, so that our brains and bodies and everything can do all of their recovery things, but also, um, I have been trying um, to mostly take one day off a week where I literally am not doing anything that I don't have to do. It doesn't always happen. A lot of times there'll be an hour or two of something where I'm like, okay, well, this is kind of work, even though it's like, nah, that's fine. But the more that I focus on that, 
the more that I feel healthier and have way more energy for the following six days. Now, you were in a position where, ironically, you're preaching about the Sabbath on the Sabbath and having to have a job to support you while you are building the church and ended up literally never having a Sabbath day of any day of the week, like never having a day off. So what are your thoughts on the importance of it and what to do if um, the circumstances are just such that, again, it's a time in your life where you're going to have to find a way through it? Uh, my, my thought is when certain seasons require you to sacrifice uh, more time or more energy, more finance, um, but when that level of sacrifice becomes a, a lifestyle, that's when you need to really do a stock take of yourself. None of any of us that want to achieve anything will sacrifice for what we're trying to achieve. But when that level of sacrifice becomes a lifestyle and impacts on you physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, impacts on your marriage, impacts on your kids, then that has become a lifestyle. Um, and so what I would recommend, and I'm saying this to myself even today, keep short accounts with your spouse. Keep, be communicating. Don't isolate. Isolation is just going to make things a lot worse. Communicate to your spouse. Keep them updated how you're doing, what's going on. Do you have suggestions? Show humility and ask, people, ask them for input because they have a different perspective than you do on who you are. Um, I find that with my job, it is a constant. I don't clock off. Um, it's constant, even in my sleep, uh, I am processing. Um, and so what I've found helpful and I'm trying to help my wife with is I create lists. So there's a notebook on our kitchen counter. And if I, I so I'm thinking all the time. And so if there's tasks that I need to do, people I need to call, something to follow up on, or a creative idea for a book, um, I will write it down on that list and then I can leave it. It's like almost the job is done. It's not, but what I'm saying is I'm going to keep you, but I'm going to put you out of my stress factor and onto this page and I'll take you upstairs later onto my desk and then I'm going to sit you on my desk so I can be about enjoying my day or spending time with my wife and actually being there with my wife. Um, and so I find that helpful. Um, uh, I, I don't know if it fixes everything, but I find it helpful. Uh, especially when you're trying to have downtime. So like, a, like on a, having a day off where whatever day that is for whoever you are, um, the temptation to do tasks can ruin that day and you feel like if I just get that done I can then relax and I we all get that we understand how that works but that's going to take up four hours of your day well then you've lost four hours of getting energy back so just put it on your to-do list for the next day that I mean that sounds really simple but it's a very powerful thing um, especially if you're trying to just reflect and spend some time resting and you're just trying to sleep and you just got all these things that you're trying to remember Trying to remember something drains so much energy. Yeah. And just write it down. Just write it down. Put it on a piece of paper and write it down and then forget it. 
And I also, um, you just reminded me that I have sometimes um, been in a position that for, for a period of time, I have a deadline, I need to get things done by a certain date. Um, and so I, I, I'm not taking one full day off at any point, but then I'm looking and looking for a morning sometime where I can do something on my own, like go for a run or a walk by myself yeah. or something. Yeah. And at least one evening where, like you said, I'm not doing something on my computer while I'm supposedly right. spending time with my husband. I'm right. actually spending my, my full attention. Even if it, my full attention is on Netflix, it's also on Netflix. And, oh, my gosh, did you see that? That was me, whatever it is, as opposed to, you know, oh, wait, what just happened? Sorry, I was looking at my computer. That's not really... Um, the 100% attention that I want to be able to, to give at least occasionally, at least once a week. <laughs> well, it's absolutely true. It takes discipline. It really does. Um, and like I know Susan will be watching a movie or something and my phone will be buzzing, buzzing away because you can hear it even if it's on silent, it still buzzes on the table next to you in the lounge room. And my wife will just look at me like, are you serious? Even now, you know, the frustration of her because the thing that it's buzzing, the fact that it's buzzing is work. It's, it's this subtle ongoing stress um, that someone's trying to reach you or something from you. And so, so Sana and I are at a stage right now where we are trying to help each other be unreachable at certain points in the day. And so a while back, I bought an Apple Watch. I thought, that's cool. That made things worse. <laughs> I've got to yeah. tell you, I'm going to give it to my son. He'll love it. You know, that made that exacerbated the whole reachability aspect. And so we're at a stage, and I'm not saying this will be permanent by any means, but we're just at a stage where we need to create new patterns in our day uh, where we're going to be in our offices working. But in the morning, we're going to take time to have a coffee and talk and walk the dog together and just start to spend time that we didn't spend back then do it now um and uh, talk about renovating our house uh, and things that we have on our heart to do and so it's tough it makes it sound, sound so easy when you say it but it's actually really yeah. tough yeah it is because you wake you wake up ready to run for the day and you go no 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 no, no stop <laughs> you're gonna start yeah. the day by stopping you know yeah um yeah yeah in fact um somebody probably 20 years ago told me something that um, I don't always use it because I don't always need it. But at the times that I'm super busy, like now during this next 11 and a half months that I have this business coach, I feel like I'm probably going to be like running like crazy. And, and they're telling me, no, we don't want you to work, you know, 70 hours a week. <laughs> we just have to figure out what you can do and, you know, create a healthy lifestyle to go along with the business that you're creating. I'm like, okay, That's well, right. That just sounds wow. so like, you can't sounds do that. Great. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds great. Come on, yeah. you can do it. <laughs> but somebody told me about 20 years ago, you know what, when you go to bed and you have trouble falling asleep and you have all those things running through your head, pretend there's a basket at the end of the bed and for everything, like visualize yourself putting it in the basket. And I'd put like 10 things in the basket and I'd be thinking, this is so silly. Like nothing is happening. I'm not even moving my body at all. And yet, on the days that I did that, I fell asleep a little easier, slept a wow. little better. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Look, I, I think there's a number of different little things we can do. 
Um, but the important thing is that we don't hang on to it spinning in our head, that we don't get up and get on the computer when we should be resting. It takes the discipline. Uh, and I know for me, being married, that really helps me. And I know I help Susan um, because, you know, she will be checking the emails throughout the day and, and I'm going, no, 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 no. We're going for a walk. What are you doing? You're not bringing your phone, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, oh, I totally agree. I think whether it's a trash basket at the end of your bed or it's a list or whatever trick that people can think of that works for them, great, because that's what's needed. There's just t- too much going on today in our lives. So, so true. Quentin, thank you so much for taking time. I mean, I know that you have a busy life, even though you've well, been able no, to uh, offload part of it. But I've been looking forward to this. Thank you, Kitty. I've just so thoroughly enjoyed it. Always enjoy you. Look forward <laughs> to us uh, catching up and you helping me and guiding me through my first book Yay. Uh, and my second book and my third book. And uh, <laughs> so, yeah, really looking forward to that. Now, if people want to find out a little bit more about you, maybe there's some people who also work in ministry or somebody who wants yep. to ask you a question, uh, where can they find you? They can reach me on Facebook Messenger uh, or they can reach me through our church website, cfromalmo.sc, and just go to the email section there. You can send an email and I'll get it. Um, but also, when you do email me through the church website or reach me on Facebook Messenger, just say, hey, heard you on Kitty's podcast, just so I know you're not some stranger that I should not reply to, then I'll, you will definitely get a reply from, uh, from me if you just, just preface your conversation with me with, hey, heard you on Kitty, um, you know. I, I'm glad that you said that because sometimes I'll get a friend request from somebody and I'm like, I don't know you and we don't have any friends in common and I don't really want to say yes, but what if you're a listener or a reader? I don't <laughs> exactly. want to say no, but. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, thank you again. I really appreciate thank you, you on the show. Well, thank you very much. Really appreciate it.